Hey, good morning, everybody. What's going on? This is your girl, Tracy Williams, and I got a fantastic guy here with me this morning. Goes by a couple of different nicknames, but the one I like most is Dr. Financial. <laughs> so thank you for joining. As you hop on, please put something in the box if you have a business, especially a small business. Please put the name of your business in there. We want to make sure that we support you. If you see somebody's business in there that you want to connect with, make sure that you connect with them. Uh, get with them after the show, DM them, or let them know what you what you like, you know, how you want to connect with them. So today, I got a really important show with you. So welcome to Inspiring Hope, where I give you the ability to have only positive expectations through true self-care. And part of self-care is not just spiritually or physically, emotionally, but part of that is also financially. So today, we're going to switch it up a bit, and we're going to hit that financial piece. Because I know that all the people that I know, friends and family, they love to do some good financial stuff in the world and want to leave a legacy for their children and for others. Am I right, Ron? What about the ones you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's all about that generational wealth and, you know, building legacies for the next generation. That's right. All right. So just jump in right quick and say hello to the people before we get started good. Uh, hey everybody, my name is Ron. Um, I'm from Washington, D.C. I'm a financial literacy coach. I pretty much focus on credit uh, restoration, credit education, and credit literacy. Um, I'm also a passive income coach. I teach people how to turn liabilities into cash flow and assets. I also have a nonprofit based out of D.C. called First Base Inc., uh, where we focus on youth mentorship, professional development, and community outreach. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Wow, you said all the stuff I was going to say. <laughs> make, I made sure I had my stuff up so I could read it and read it just right. <laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> it. Good morning, you guys. Right. We appreciate we appreciate you taking time out of your busy uh, Saturday morning. This is going to be an awesome show. So we know sharing is caring. Make sure that you hit that share button and share with somebody else. We are definitely living in a time where we have to learn how to handle our finances, take care of our finances, and make sure we have something coming in. Whether we do it or not. I got a new saying this year. I'm like, if it ain't make money, it ain't making sense. And if you are offended by that, that's okay. I love it because I like to challenge the mind and get us to, that's how we experience that growth in our mind. So it means something about your relationship with money, finances. But you know what? When I say that, it's not all about the money, but it is about being profitable. So if you're not being profitable with something that you're doing, if it's not doing something good for you, then you need to switch up and change what you're doing and do something different. Am I right? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> uh, I want to make sure I introduce you guys to Ron Formally. His name is Ron Curtis. He was born and raised in Washington, D.C., graduated from Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia. And he uh, he got his, his bachelor's in administration with a concentration in human resources management. He also pledged Alpha Kappa Phi. So, Psi, you guys, so he's an Alpha. Got an Alpha in the house. Well, no, I'm not an Alpha. It's called AK Psi. AK Psi. It's a business track. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, AK Psi. And like you said, he's a financial literacy coach and also, he, you know, helps produce passive income. What I love about this guy when we uh, first talked the first time is that you can tell from when he was a young kid, he was ready to be an entrepreneur. He was ready to make some money. So I got some questions for him today that he probably has no idea what I'm going to ask. We didn't script this. It ain't recorded. None of that. Y'all catching him live and raw just the way it really is. So we're going to see some true transparency come out here. So tell me a little bit. How did you get into becoming a financial coach? 
Um, so financial coach. So one thing I realized I'm 27. Um, and I realized, you know, they, they don't teach financial literacy at school. Um, you know, you're not going to learn it in the streets. And you're not going to learn it at home either. So a lot of times people learn it from, um, you know, experience when they're already waist deep in financial uh, issues. So just me personally, full transparency, um, right out of college, I got a good job working for the DC government. I was going out partying, having fun, and I found myself in some credit card debt. Um, and one day my monthly minimum went from $100 a month to $600 a month. It just jumped up and I didn't understand why. So um, just being a curious person I am, and I love seeking knowledge, I went and kind of researched why that happened. Um, and make a long story short, I was able to get myself out of credit card debt by consolidating loans and leveraging my credit score um, to uh, take that $600 a month payment and making it $200 a month over a five-year period for like a total of about $10,000. Um, then I did it for a couple of my friends. I helped them. They were paying thousand plus dollars a month on five different credit cards. And then now brought their payments to $300 a month. So I said, you know what? Somebody else could use this. So I just got of That's where my passion came from. Um, I published an ebook called Financial Lit Understanding Credit Cards. It's just a quick 10 to 15 page ebook that breaks down credit cards and how they work um, to kind of give some of that knowledge that I, that I got from my research and my experience so the next person could benefit from it. And then from that, I just kind of took off. I got into um, credit repair, credit restoration, learning more about that. Um, I just became a licensed uh, or certified tax preparer. Um, I just became a licensed notary. And I have a plethora of uh, passive income opportunities, um, little businesses that I have running. So that's pretty much, I love passive income, residual income. Um, and yeah, I'm just a natural born hustler. <laughs> and that's what I love about it. It's like he said, he's a natural born hustler. And you guys, this is, it's not like you also, you have to be naturally born to do this, but you can learn. And we always gonna be learning and growing and connecting and networking with each other. So make sure if this is something that you need or somebody that you know needs something like this, make sure you give them a shout out. Hey, I want to shout out to Miss Delicia this morning. She's got a shop, Sisters Helping Others Progress, and Miss Kathy Weaver. Thank you for joining us. That's Miss uh, Miracles with Water. So shout out to you and shout out to Pakistan. Thank you for joining us this morning. This is awesome. So I love the whole uh, passive income. You know, when I first started enjoying passive income, it was something I didn't do on purpose. I just had a, a goal for something that I wanted to achieve. And part of that was giving back. So I know earning it has a, a lot to do with giving. I think the more that you give, the more that you receive. And uh, one of the first things that really uh, drew me to him was we were just talking, having a conversation, just chatting a bit. And he was like, yeah, I just make income so easily and you know effortlessly and it comes in abundance. And so I, I was like, man, that's one of the things I used to say all the time, one of my I am affirmations, and I stopped doing that. But we got to start again. We got to start again, you guys, with our affirmations. So if that's not one of yours, come on. You can adopt that, you know, and make sure that you're saying that every day because we can do that. But let me t let me ask you this. When was the first time you noticed when you were a kid? Did you ever, like, sell candy or do something like that and you really enjoyed it? Um, that's a great question. So the first time that I noticed when I was a kid, okay, so um, in elementary school, there's these cartoons called Dragon Ball Z. And in elementary school, all, everybody went through a phase where we were drawing Dragon Ball Z characters. Um, and they were like real big. So we would, we would draw them and then we would also take pictures and trace them. So I had a color printer at my house and I would go on Google and print out some of the Dragon Ball Z characters. 
and I would trace them in school. So I remember this guy, I'm not gonna say his name, I remember his name. Um, he was like, hey, I'll buy two pictures from you for $100. And I'm in the third grade. I'm like, whoa, $100? He like, yeah. So I say, okay. Um, I sold him two Dragon Ball Z printout pictures for $100. Uh, next thing I know, I had a wallet like this. I'm walking around the school flashing my $100 bill for the <laughs> ladies and everything. And I was feeling so like I made a, a, a serious flip. Like I made a nice sale. I get home, I'm happy. I tell my parents like, hey, mom and dad, I got this hundred dollars. Can y'all go ahead and put that in my savings account? Cause I know every Christmas, every birthday they had a savings account for me. And they're like, where did you get this hundred dollars from? You know, I tell them not really thinking of anything. Next thing I found out that guy, I mean, I guess my parents wrote a letter to the teacher, that guy, um, it turns out he ended up stealing the money out of his mother's purse. Uh oh. About the photos. I mean, it's about the pictures. But um, did back you get then, the money back? Yeah, I had to get the money back. Unfortunately. Oh man. But but I I I guess I learned, and I'm I'm realizing now that I think about it, it's like you can put a price on anything. Anything can be sold. Um, and it's like you can monetize off everything. So that's definitely as far back as I can remember. That's the first time I made my first sale, and it was like that's supply and demand. It was it was economics in third grade. So. I love, I love that. That is, that's what's up. We, you can make money off of anything and put your price on it. You just gotta find somebody that finds value in it, and they will, yeah. they will buy it. So yeah, and so that goes along with what I'm saying this year and every year until until the Lord calls me home. If it ain't making money, it ain't making sense. That's if true. that bothers you, it's okay. You can put something in the chat, and I don't just mean uh, making cash money, but if it's not profitable. If it's not doing you some good, whether it's a relationship, whether it's church, whether it's your J-O-B, the just over broke, <laughs> then it ain't making sense. Then you, we, we got to have some multiple streams of income. And I think if COVID didn't teach us anything else, it taught us this. We got to look for something different because we want different results. Right. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I hate uh, the thought of people, you know, getting kicked out of their homes after a certain amount of time, you know, just because their job closed down or things changed or switched. So people had to learn how to pivot and do something a little bit different, right? Like basketball. Exactly. Versatility is everything. Um, some Something one of my old supervisors used to tell me that's going to stick with me for life. He would always say, you're a sorry rat if you have one hole to crawl in. Um, and I never, I didn't understand what that meant until he broke it down. It's just like, um, well, I, I look at it compared to multiple streams of income. Like, you know, rats, if you're a good rat, you got a whole bunch of escape routes, different entrances, exits, and things like that. But um, you just got to have multiple, multiple, um, multiple holes in a sense. Right. I love that. And, you know, one of the um, three three books that I really like, you know, when it comes to finances and kind of changing your mindset about that, if, especially when you're young and you and you don't have a good relationship with money. You know, if you have a problem saying, you know, I love money. That kind of thing, or when people, you know, if you believe in those um, those things, where people say, you know, this money's burning a hole in my pocket, or ain't got a pot to piss in, or a window to throw it out, or money don't go on trees. So, if you grew up with those sayings, then you know, one of the greatest books that you can read is Think and Grow Rich, so you can think and grow rich. You know, and I believe he even says in there, you know, it's still not all about just the cash when we talk about growing rich, right? We were all born with either the ability to. You know, choose. We can choose life or death. We can choose to be rich or poor. It's all up to whatever our values are, right? That's true. That's true. Napoleon Hill. He had a great book. He definitely broke down a lot of key concepts. That's one of the first, well, the second book that I read that changed my perception of money. So that's definitely a great read. 
Awesome. And you know, the other one I like is Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I, when I think about that, I always think about, you know what? I bought that not purposely. I wasn't even thinking about that was, I didn't know that was what it was about. And so when I, I got it, it was on audio. So I put it in the car, you know, my son's in grade school. So I put it in the car and I'm listening. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. This is, this is good. I'm like, and I love it. It was like, for anybody's age, you can listen to that book and gain some great concepts when it comes to finances, making money and being a good steward and all that kind of stuff. Did you like that one? Yeah, that's true. Um, what's crazy, you just got me thinking when I first read that book, I got out of church one church service and when i walked to the back in a little fellowship hall they had some books free books for like free books on display and i actually picked up that book um and ironically i didn't read it probably for that year that i had it but in my at my first internship to turn into a full-time job when i didn't have work to do i would sit there with my headphones in and i would listen to rich dad poor dad um on youtube and then I will be taking notes on the book as if I was working. And that's that's the first book I ever listened to or read that changed my perception. Um, another good book Robert Kawasaki has is called The Cash Flow Quadrant. That's when it changed my perception as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So today I know people are probably itching, dying to hear some ideas about passive income. And I got to say this. Last night I was on Clubhouse, right? So, I, you know, ever since I joined, I kind of been like, you know, clicking in and clicking out very often, I got to say. And when I when I uh, woke up, I was like, man, I was just dreaming about this idea. So I want you to just share some things before I share, you know, what's on my heart. Um, Passive income. So like I was saying earlier, I firmly believe you can monetize anything. If you have a specialized, if you have a skill, you may not even know that it's specialized. Somebody will, you know, pay for your services, whether it's your nine to five job or something that you do. Um, You can add value to someone else's life. Um, so just to name a few that I have. So um, first, I have a vending machine business. Um, it's a very passive or semi-passive type of income. Um, you, you purchase a vending machine or you purchase a route or a location. Um, you buy the snacks, you set your prices. And depending on the foot traffic, you're either filling it up once a week or once every two to three weeks. Um, it's, a, it's a good way to double your money. It's a good money to make money while you're not actively trading your time for money. Um, the second one that I have is my favorite. It's a rental car business. Um, I teach people how to turn liabilities into cash flow and assets. So how the business model works, you place a car, either you buy it, use new or use your own car that you're not using. Um, you put it on a four on a four higher ride share um, platform. These platforms are called Turo and Hire Car. You put your car on there. Um, your car is rented out. It's kind of like Airbnb for your car. And like I rent out one of my cars um, at around $40 a day. I net $30 a day after they take their cut in their insurance. Um, but what I love about it is it's a two-way street. So it gives people an opportunity who rent your car to go do DoorDash, Uber, Lyft, Grubhub, Instacart, things like that, which allows them to provide for their family and put food on the table. And at the same time, it allows you to make money passively by leveraging your asset. Um, so my first car that I had my renter has had it since September 8th consecutively. We are now at January 23rd. It's been 130 plus days and he's paid around $4,000 uh, profit for that car. And the car was like $10,000. Any other ideas you want to drop on us? 
Um, yeah, I, I really firmly believe in like special. I mean, well, obtaining like a, a, a specialized or recession-proof skill at a relatively low cost, and then monetizing off that skill. So I know, like I said, um, I just became certified in taxes, right? And I got my tax certification for twenty-five dollars. It was $25 at Jackson and Hewitt. I had to take an online course. There was 10 chapters, answer some questions, go in and take an online test. It was the exact same test that I took when I was at home. I got my certification for $25. And I, I like to look at numbers and income like this. So with taxes, let's say the average person, you could charge them $300 to do their taxes, right? And tax season is from January to April. So if you, if you uh, sign 100 people, between those four months, 25 people a month during the most busy tax season time of the year when people are looking for tax preparers, you can make $30,000 in four months just off doing basic taxes. Um, some people don't make $30,000 in a year. So in four months, you can have a tax business. And we're not talking about business taxes where you could charge more. We're not talking about people who have more extensive taxes who got to do the taxes from the year before. All of that, if you learn that specialized skill, you can definitely maximize your income. Like I, I would love, that's why I did it. So I can learn business taxes. Um, so I don't have to pay anybody to do my taxes. And then now I kind of want to be that one-stop shop. Um, the notary, probably the all-in cost for everything that you would need for a notary is probably like around two to $300. Um, but you can, there's different websites out here that will allow you to broker their services for notaries. And they'll send you jobs every day. Like, hey, this person in your area needs to get this thing notarized. By 2 p.m. tomorrow, can you can you do this job? A quick hundred fifty, a hundred dollars. You do ten of those in a month. That's a thousand dollars. That's your mortgage or half of a mortgage. So that's how I like to look at income now. Um, having a, I do credit repair and credit restoration as well. Invest in a credit course. Invest in something a certification for credit. Um, you could charge people anywhere from five hundred to a thousand dollars to repair their credit. And one thirty minute phone call, you can make five hundred dollars as opposed to working a, a week and making five hundred. So I like multiplication like that. Um, All right, hold on, hold on, hold oh. on, because you know what? You, I want to make sure that you know what the listeners are are get get getting these nuggets and really putting it to heart. Don't just like have them spit out all this stuff and y'all not picking up something. So if anybody does not have a job, maybe it's not necessary that you have a job or stress over getting a job. Maybe it's necessary for you to work on something else. And so these are several ideas, gems to me, little gems that he's dropping, you know, easy things that you can do. I call them easy peasies that you can pick up and do. So, and if you don't know some, if you know somebody and they don't have a J-O-B, they're stressing over it, say, hey girl, why don't you just take this course for this amount and do this and do that? Or check out this video, go on YouTube and check out Tracy Williams, CEO, the Chief Expanding Officer. This is my year to do that, to really expand, to spread my wings, so I got to announce this, you guys, if y'all want to wonder why I'm so excited today, it's because my last day was last week of my J-O-B, my just over broke. So done with that. Thank you, Jesus. And they're like, what you going to do? So one of the biggest things I'm going to do is take any kind of creative ideas that God gave me and manifest those things. That's my, my word for the year is manifestation. So I plan on manifesting everything possibly that I have energy for in my heart this particular year. because. Next year ain't promise. I know tomorrow's not promise, but I'm just saying. So I want somebody to pick that up and say, you know what? It ain't promised. And so I do have something I put on the shelf that I've been wanting to do for a long time. 
Let me. It, maybe it was something that uh, I was. I was even call it wavy, but maybe it's something Mr. Ron Curtis <laughs> brought up here. That's one of his nicknames. So maybe something that he brought up. But if it is, it makes sure that you take that thing and that you do it. My great friend that was on here last time, Bonita. I, you know, we talked about her baking cakes. She loves baking pound cakes. And so I was like, that's my sister right there. When we, when we first met, that was one thing we had in common was I like was a pound cake queen. Cause, and you can walk in my house at any time, any day of the week, you will find some kind of cake in the house. So before even dinner came, you know, cake was on the, was in the house somewhere. They come home from school, it's smelling like cake. They bring friends over, of course, it's smelling like cake. And they're like, we eating dinner? Yeah, what y'all cooking? Because I'm cooking C-A-K-E. But whatever that one thing is, you take that and maximize on it. So thank you, Athelisa. She's like, agree, agree. Come on, we can do this thing. There's no need for nobody. There's plenty of money out here. Let's go and get it. Right? They print it, they print it every day. Every so, day. And they, they getting rid of it every day, too. So got to go get it. Right. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's go, y'all. <laughs> okay. I want to talk a little bit about the credit side. You know? so. Yeah. So, so just talk to us about whatever's on your heart when it comes to credit repair and how. Okay, just I ain't gonna say nothing. You go for it. Yeah. So I mean, so credit repair. I don't really like using that word because credit repair is a lot of companies out and scammers that kind of give you a negative connotation of what credit repair is. Um, and, and people think like, okay, I'm gonna pay this person this money and they're gonna delete everything off my credit report. And if they don't, it was a scam. I got scammed, and that's not how it works. So. What credit repair actually is, is it's pretty much going through your credit report and verifying whether uh, information is accurate or inaccurate. Um, and a lot of times people have accurate, in a sense, debt or collections or negative derogatory items on their credit profile. But there are, are laws in place that protect us as consumers from the creditors that we can leverage to get some of that information removed, suppressed or deleted. Okay. Um, there's different things like I've seen people have different names on their credit report. They might have their mom's name on it and their mom's uh, and, uh, medical bills on there, or they might have the same name as their dad, but they're a junior and some of their dad's information is popping up on there or vice versa. So um, you want to always make sure that your information is correct on your credit report um, and um, have a professional look at it to kind of walk you through it and give you an in-depth analysis. Um, a lot of credit repair companies or consultants, they offer a free credit analysis. Um, it's just kind of breaking down, you know, or vetting that person to see if they know what they're talking about. Um, the credit repair process, like credit or credit restoration. I call it credit restoration because there's two parts to it. So the first part is disputing the negative items. And the second part is building up your credit profile. So oftentimes I see a lot of people scores are where they are because they don't have credit cards. I've had clients who were 60 years old and never had a credit card in their life. Those things negatively impact your score because not having any credit is just as bad as having bad credit. Um, so as we go through the credit dispute process, yeah, we're going to get some things removed. Yeah, we're, some things aren't going to get removed. Some things might come back. We'll dispute it. But during that whole process, we're getting you approved for different lines of credit, secure cards, retail cards, major cards, um, different types of loans, installment accounts. You want to have at least five to 10 accounts on your credit profile in good standing. And if you think about it, if you have all or the majority negative late payments, uh, collections, charge offs, negative items is going to severely impact your score. Um, so that's what I try to teach people 
Um, I teach people how to leverage your credit to start businesses. I firmly believe in OPM, which is other people's money. Um, you, the best type of business to start is using somebody else's money to front it. And why not leverage your credit to go start the bank's or use the use the bank's money to go start your business. My first car I bought, I bought on a zero interest business credit card. My second car I bought, I bought it on um, business credit. I mean, a, a business loan under my business. I financed it for $180 a month. So I didn't have to come out of my pocket $10,000. So I try to teach people you can leverage your credit to your benefit. You can actually like travel for free with your credit cards. I tell people, hey, sign up for this credit card. It gives you 70,000 flyer points after you spend $3,000 in the first four months. Your mortgage or your rent, $1,500 a month. Pay your rent on your credit card for the first two months. Boom. Now you can take a trip with your family or several trips um, on, on, on your credit card company on the expense of them using those flyer miles. Um, cash back, free money, uh, food, all types of stuff. So I try to just teach people how important credit is. It's a recession proof. Um, business, regardless of being a recession or the pandemic, the creditors want that money. The mortgages went on hold, but not your credit. Your credit bill is still due every month. So it's just something that I think everyone should learn about because it's not taught in the schools and it's not taught at home. Um, and oftentimes people realize about it when it's too late. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. that that's uh, some good points. We don't want to wait till it's too late because it is important to start learning, start teaching our kids that. And I'm glad that we, uh, have somebody, a young man that's going in the schools and teaching kids that, right? That's yep. that's what you're doing. That's and what how I many do. schools are you in now? Uh, right now, we're in three schools in D.C. We're in a middle school and two high schools. Um, we do mentorship, virtual mentorship for them right now due to due to um, COVID. Um, but I have been able to teach different financial literacy curriculums to um, us. Uh, a program called Posse. It's a scholarship program. Some some like twenty kids in California. They got full rides to college this past summer. And they wanted to learn about financial literacy. A colleague reached out to me, asked me to teach them. Um, I taught financial literacy at my nine to five job. My director found that out. So I've, I've led webinars and seminars. Um, so, yeah, but it definitely starts with the kids because I have two younger brothers and I just wish somebody was told me the stuff that I tell them when I was their age. Yes. Uh, let me. I just got to show this comment because I can't I need my glasses on. Yes. 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 Thank, thank you do. so much. And you know what, Kathy, I, Kathy is saying schools really need this. Thank you so much for spreading this knowledge. And here's the deal. When you start talking about numbers off your head, it reminded me of Miss Kathy Weaver. <laughs> Not that she's a numbers gal now, but that was that was her gig before. And so it just stuck with her. And so that's uh, that's why it's important to start teaching them while they're young, because if whatever you teach them while they're young, let me tell you, even if they don't uh, stick with it the whole time through, it will come back to them. And they'll follow through with those same principles. They'll be able to keep some good. Um, I'm sorry, I'm here for you. So they'll keep that that good credit. They'll keep those ideas in their in their mind. And you know what? I really truly believe God will give them other creative ideas and witty inventions, just like He did with for those with the talents. Those that use their talents, He multiplied it and He gave them more. But if you got that one talent, you say, "Oh, it's no big deal," and nobody gonna like this or that or the other. And you just basically have that talent, then what would you have? Nothing, nothing to multiply. So you got what zero times zero, zero, right? We can all do that. But if you got three things you can do or two things that you love to do or that you're passionate about, I love the idea 
uh, about the vending machine. So I have been dreaming about that. And so when I woke up this morning, I said, I'm going to manifest this thing because, you know, I know sometimes people like to do vision boards. I think I am past the vision board stage. And uh-huh. I proved this a couple of times over and over. And I think I got this from my husband because when he gets a vision uh, or passion that something that he wants, he gets that tunnel vision and he just sticks with it until it, it manifests. And so uh, it's not that I try to make it happen. But if you keep thinking about it and dreaming about it, and when you get up and you're speaking about it, like it's getting ready to happen. And I'm like, OK, so and I got some more ideas to go with it. So today, if you guys got any ideas of something that you can do, what I'd love for you to do is drop that in the chat. If you got an idea, whether it's one or two, you know, put a number in the chat, one or two or three ideas, something that you will decide that you're going to move on or that you're going to participate in or you're going to share it with somebody. You know, don't just hoard it all to yourself. You got to give that away, right? Sharing is caring. And part of true self-care is being financially responsible to somebody else. So this is a small way of being responsible, you know, so just put something in the chat, especially if you're catching it on the replay as well. You know, like, yeah, I got an idea, Tracy, or I got one idea, I got two ideas. So it's better to take at least one thing and make sure you roll with that one thing, follow it through until it manifests. And then instead of getting three ideas and then you get stuck in that space of, man, I got so many ideas rolling through my head, I just don't know what to do. So if you take one thing, you get it, you know what to do. I got several ideas myself here. And so I'm going to take one of those things and follow through with it. And I talked to my husband about it. So I know if I get him excited that I got some help. So if you get some help, it makes it easier. Right. That's true. Yeah. So two is better than one. And then definitely if you got three. So even it doesn't have to be a mate. But if it's somebody that you trust and y'all go into business together, you know, get your contracts right. and have an attorney look over it, those kind of things. Make sure you follow all the way through. Make sure you do your research. And so that's why I enjoy people coming on my show, giving us some nuggets because they don't feel like I have to keep everything by myself or if I tell somebody else and they're going to make all the money and I'm not going to make anything. It's not like that. When you come and you listen and you share some of your information, the nuggets that you have, you're only giving a little bit away. But when you get a one-on-one with a person or you take their course, then you have access to them, Right. And you can get so much more than if you would just listening to a show. So freebies are okay, but you know what? Investing in yourself for you know with your money that makes it a little bit better. Would you agree with that, Wavy? How you feel I, about I, that? I, def- I definitely agree. Investing with opiate other people's money. Um, I try to teach people to just buy income. A lot of times we spend money on liabilities. We spend money on clothes, on food, on alcohol, on on things that are our vices and and it don't bring us any type of return, but you can actually, you know, buy income. You can literally go use some debt to go buy something that's going to make you more money. Right. I definitely agree. Yeah. So, so we got to do it. So look, this is going to be another, you know, remember when OPP was a thing, other people's problems. So that's why I like this, right? So uh, OPM, I, I mean, I love it. I'm going to start saying that, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a girl that really likes to use those uh, acronyms, you know, other people's problems. That's where I got hope from. Have only positive expectations through true self-care. Well, we're, re- we're about to wrap this up, you guys. I'm actually be able to end on, t- on time this time. I hope you guys <laughs> are excited about that so you can get on with your Saturday. It is a gorgeous day outside. If you guys want to get with Wavy, I, okay, Ron Curtis, but on Facebook. <laughs> He's not known as Ron Curtis. 
then I want him to just, you know, give us some last words, some last nuggets. What's next for you? Do you have something on your plate that you is um, right you? now? I'm focusing primarily in, in tunnel vision on credit. Um, I'm going to dive into taxes, even though I got my certification next tax season, because my goal is to be like a credit lawyer. Like I want to know everything about credit. Um, I'm building systems in place right now. A lot of stuff I was doing was manual. Um, and I saw a post yesterday. It said thousandaires talk about money and millionaires talk about systems. So I'm real big on automating processes and, and, and taking myself out of the equation. So I just invested in some different education and some different systems that will make the entire process seamless for me. So now I can focus on generating more clients. So that's the biggest thing. And, and understanding the laws and everything more complexly so I can actually, you know, practice what I'm preaching. Um, so that's what's going on now. I just got a third car. I'm about to go put a kill switch in that today. Um, I'm going to make a vending machine course as well to kind of break down everything that I know about vending machines so people can start. And then um, just continue to look and partner and uh, uh, connect with like-minded individuals like yourself, Tracy, because I firmly believe in iron sharpens iron. And um, our yes. network is our net worth. So we definitely have to continue to build and communicate with each other and inspire one another. 